0: you found it, the Wichita Wow podcast with your host, Ed Fox. We'll be talking to Wichitans about the things they love about their city and what they themselves are doing in their community. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. Thanks for listening. G'day, viewers and listeners. Welcome to another great episode of Wichita Wow. I spent 30 years living around the Wichita area, and I have these conversations with people all the time about how amazing Wichita is. Currently, I'm living in Nashville, building a business down here, but we still own property, have businesses in Wichita, and I love to get people on the Wichita Wow podcast that can talk up what they're doing for the community in Wichita and the things that they love about Wichita. Um, So today, my special guest is Greg Dane of the Dane Agency, and we're going to find out about him and the funny connection that we actually have, which is kind of cool. Uh, welcome to the show, Greg.
1: Glad to be with you, Ed. It's always a pleasure.
0: Well, thanks, man. I It's been exciting for me. You know, you and I have talked a little bit through networking that we've done um, on Zoom. Haven't met in person yet, but one day. Uh, so are you originally from Wichita?
1: I am not, and that's a great question. I'm a Nashvilleian. Um... Nashville is my adopted home. I'm actually from about three hours west of there from a little town called Martin in the upper northwest corner of the state. But we have chased our kids all over the country, and that's what brought us to Wichita. We chased our son and daughter-in-law and their girls out here. Okay, so
0: we connected through the Tennessee Christian Chamber, the virtual event on Fridays that you participate in on Zoom. And um, I just think that's cool. How long did you live in the nashville
1: area we were there i was transferred there in the year 2000 when i was with my old pharmaceutical firm and that's where we raised the kids and we lived there from 2000 until 2017 when we became nomads and lived in an rv and traveled across the country for a year
0: oh we're going to have some questions about rving you and i have talked uh, briefly about that because my wife and i are interested in that too so 17 years basically in the nashville area Uh, I had 30 years in the Wichita area. We still own all of our houses we own are in the Wichita area. Uh, We own a couple of rentals and stuff. And um, most of my business is in the Wichita area. And we bought this new business in Nashville in 2020. And so we live in Franklin, Tennessee, which is south of the Nashville area, away from the downtown craziness. Uh, But still love Wichita there's so much to do in Wichita that people don't give it credit for although it was funny when I first moved there it's sort of like the canal route the uh, I-135 right right Uh, you had to have a passport to cross from east to west it felt like you know because you would say to people oh let's meet uh, over on Rock Road and we lived out west and they're like nobody goes over there and then you talk to people out east and they say nobody goes west you know but i love after living in nashville you know i had a little bit of a traffic issue this morning to get onto this zoom and uh it's funny how in wichita we're driving along kellogg and it's like uh, oh man rush hour sucked it took me five minutes to get across from one side of kellogg to the other side of town. you know nashville here you look at the You look at uh, Google, it says you got 30 minutes to be somewhere an hour later, you know, because there's been an accident on I-65 or 440 or something, you know. So that's another thing I love about Wichita. The traffic's not a problem. It's a little big city. You know, what do we got? I think Sedgwick County is uh, 600,000 or thereabouts. So, yeah. You chased your kids to Wichita, probably wouldn't be the place that you would choose to live, except that now right. you've been here, you've been in Wichita, how long?
1: Well, it will be two years in January. Okay. And I, and I have to say that uh, we miss Nashville when you compare the landscape and the geography, there's no comparison, but I will say the people in Wichita is what makes living in Wichita uh, so much fun now it took me a while to be honest with you but the people here are great and there are no traffic issues yeah I laugh too because you asked me earlier when you were stuck in traffic do you miss it mate I'm like no I don't miss Nashville traffic at all I miss home but I don't miss the traffic at all yeah
0: I started out this morning with a, uh, a 7 a.m meeting and then an 8 a.m meeting and a 9 a.m meeting and they're all at different locations and and uh, so last night I said okay well how long to get from here to this Panera and they said, oh, uh, 14 minutes. And then I get up this morning and I'm getting ready to go. I gave myself extra time, but I look on Google and it's like, oh, 37 minutes. What? Oh, there's an accident on 65, uh, you know, 30 minutes slowdown, whatever. It's like, oh, uh, it's going to put everything out. But, yes, I, um, I I think the people in Wichita, I I moved there when I met my wife. She's originally from Kansas. And I moved over there in January of 90. We got married in February of 90. And I'm Australian by birth, American by choice is what I like to say, as you have heard me say. Um, and you just fall in love with the people. But there's so many cool things to do in Wichita that are sort of hidden. But let's first talk about you and what you do. So, Greg, what I, I, you're retired. What sort of business are you doing? What are you doing in the Wichita area?
1: I would say the the word retired, Ed, is not in my vocabulary and probably never will be. I spent the majority of my career in the pharmaceutical industry. But in 2019, I found an opportunity while we were living in Virginia. That's that was our first pivot point post Nashville and got involved in the Medicare arena, worked for a carrier there, worked for a carrier out here for about a year and decided at the young age of 61 to start my own agency. And all I focus on are fellow seniors in the Medicare space, whether it be if they have a need for a Medicare Advantage plan, a Medicare supplement, or they have a hearing and dental vision plan that they need. I cater to nobody but seniors specifically. And to be candid with you, I didn't know four years ago if I would like it. And I have fallen in love with the business. I was a caregiver for my parents. I know the industry well from the healthcare side because of my pharmaceutical experience. And so, the nerd part of my brain I like to solve problems for people so my um passion every day is to get up in the morning and at least meet one new family or one new person it might be widowed or a widower and just say how can I help I don't consider myself a salesperson I consider myself a counselor and that's that's what I that's what I enjoy the most if I'm blessed to provide services for someone That's just icing on the cake, but making a new friend every day is my number one goal.
0: And some people don't understand that. I do a lot of networking. Uh, I've learned a lot a bit about Medicare over the years. My wife's a pharmacist and works currently for Kroger. And so, you know, she's dealing with Medicare on a daily basis and insurance on a daily basis and, and understanding the challenges and, and that seniors sometimes don't know all of the uh, benefits that they have available to them or all of the requirements. You know, when, when some people, when you talk about, how you have to sign up for Medicare and you have to do such and such, otherwise you have this penalty that'll be permanently attached. I think there's a lot of education still to be done that people don't realize it's gonna cost them money one way or another if they don't educate themselves, they're gonna pay for it.
1: Yeah, I would say three out of four seniors that I've talked to that are turning 65, their first question to me, if they're referred to me as Greg, what I do? I have no clue they are sort of familiar with the fact that if they work 10 years they might be eligible for part a but they don't know what part a covers and then they understand now they've got to pay a premium for part b and they don't understand what that covers so it's really helping them connect the dots because i even have to stay certified annually with with medicare to be able to do what i do in a professional capacity so it's a it's uh, a lot of uh, landmines to navigate
0: Well, and that's why having a consultant, having somebody that can help you through that process, it doesn't cost anybody anything to sit down with you, right?
1: It costs absolutely nothing. And what people don't realize is I'm compensated by the insurance carriers. If someone chooses a plan, I I believe in offering choices and I let the consumer, I let my customers pick what's best for you, Ed. Uh, And once they make that choice, the carriers pay me. My customers never pay me a dime. And that relationship, I hope, starts day one and continues for years in the future that they can consult me. Because just like getting a a checkup on your car, people at least need need me to check in at least a couple of times a year to check in on their health. What's going on? Have your needs changed? And obviously, this time of year, we're entering annual enrollment from October 15th to December 7th. People are like, do I have to change? Can I stay with what I have? Or if I want to change, how do I do that? So it's a lot of questions to answer.
0: Yeah. And there's a part there, something about if uh, they have to pay, like even if somebody moves yes. over somebody moves and they're going to move back, right? Um, they still need to have the, they still need to be paying for Medicare. That's
1: exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. They need, they need to keep uh, Medicare no matter where they are in the world because when they resurface in the States, it's going to be there for them. And depending on the travel benefits, uh, sometimes it can be utilized overseas.
0: Right. And and isn't there a penalty if you don't do something uh, or, or register for Medicare? There's a penalty that's levied that stays with you for the rest of your life?
1: If you don't sign up during your initial election period when you turn 65, so you have three months before your 65th birthday, the month of and three months after, if you don't apply during that time, You could be assessed a late enrollment penalty for Part B. That's your doctor visits, your durable medical equipment, and so forth. You could be assessed a penalty for that. And also, you could be assessed a penalty for your uh, late enrollment for your Part D prescription drug plan if you're enrolling in that separately. So, there's two different late enrollment periods you could be facing.
0: And is that just for the next year, or is that permanently, it adds to your fee.
1: That's per- that's permanently attached to you and your Medicare number and your social security number. There's mm-hmm. no waving of that down the line. So it's calculated uh, part B and part D penalties are calculated differently. But once that penalty is calculated, that stays with you.
0: Okay. So folks, when you just before you turn 65, no matter where you are in the country, you need to get with somebody that can help you because if you know, nobody wants to be given the government free money. I don't mind paying my taxes. I like roads. I like the stuff that the government provides in most cases. I just think I can spend my money better than they can. You know, I don't think I don't think that's odd. Um, but I'll pay for Medicare. I'll pay what I'm meant to pay. I've worked. I deserve to get Medicare. But I don't want to be paying any penalties because I didn't know what to do. And I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, because when I network, the people that talk about medicare they bring that up all the time that most seniors don't realize that if they don't sign up in their enrollment period for medicare that they are going to be assessed those penalties and and that's not just uh one time that's
1: forever and ever that's for that's the rest forever. of their life hey, can we pause can we pause one can we pause one second i need to run. let the dog in. So when we
0: look at that sort of stuff, they can reach out to you, they can get all their answers to their questions and it doesn't benefit you to move them from one plan to another. It's gonna be what what benefits the individual the most is like what you said is what you're gonna help them make that decision on and, and put them into. I think sometimes people are worried that, oh, you're gonna make a better commission if you put me in this program or this plan. At At, at the point that I am in my sales career, there is no interest to me in moving them into something they don't want to be in. Right. Or no, isn't the you're best. Exactly
1: thing. right. And there's, there's many times, many times when I sit down with someone, I'll look at what they have and say, you have a great plan stay where you are. And the next question is, well, how do you get paid for seeing me? I'm like, tell someone about me. You know, that's my reputation. I read a statistic recently that said, if you treat someone kindly and they like your service They'll tell three people, but if they have a bad, bad experience with you, they'll tell 11 times that many people, 33 people if they have a bad experience and my reputation is everything. So yeah, I don't mind sitting down with someone because I always take the opinion of that may lead me to someone else. They may have brother or sister or two other siblings that need help that do need new plans or are new to to Medicare and just turning 65. So I never turn down a chance to interview someone, even if they've got a great plan already it happens all the time.
0: Right. Exactly. So, okay. so that covers your work. It covers a little bit about what you do. Um, When it you talked a little bit about you and and Gina being RVers and and traveling around,
1: how long did you do that for? We did that for almost a year. We uh, sold everything in our home in Nashville, had an estate sale because our kids didn't want anything. You know how that goes. The kids don't want your stuff these days. And we actually uh, found our RV in Knoxville, had it transported to Virginia Beach, where our daughter and son-in-law and their kids lived at the time, and then bought my truck off of eBay, which happened to be in Topeka, Kansas at the time where my son was living. And my son actually got to go check out the truck and had it shipped back to Virginia Beach to be able to pull the RV. And then uh, we did that for about a year. We were at an RV resort so far south of town that it was a 40 40 to 45 minute drive in to see the kids, which wasn't smart. So we sold the, the entire rig to a guy retiring from the Navy and um, found a place close closer to the kids, which was much more convenient. But we miss it to this day. We are digital nomads at heart. Right. And we will be in a city coming to you soon in the next few years working out of the RV. So,
0: so talk to me a little bit about that. Was it a fifth wheel or was it a... A regular ball hitch trailer.
1: Uh, it was a regular fifth wheel with a fifth wheel hitch, thirty-seven foot uh, Columbus uh, Forest River had uh, I think four slide outs. It was the most fun I've ever had in three hundred square feet of living space. I had a couple of pairs of shorts, some flip flops, tennis shoes, some shirts, and uh, we did we did the laundry there at the RV resort. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. Like nothing like it. The the people in the campgrounds are so genuine and so eager to help you when you need assistance. It's like, it's like your own little fa- extended family. Right. It really is it's
0: a community.
1: It is a community. Yeah, for sure.
0: And so what, where are some of the places you were able to take that rig?
1: Uh, Tennessee, obviously our home state, we traveled Kansas, Missouri, um, Indiana, um, Illinois, uh, Virginia, uh, the Shenandoah area. That was a lot of fun. Our our favorite stops, one of my favorite stops is the KOA Route 66 outside of St. Louis, Uh, really pretty campground. Our, our desire going forward is to be campground host for three to six months. Uh, the Corps of Engineer Parks have really lovely parks, but there's all kinds of camp hosting, work camper opportunities for seniors out on the road. And you get your space for free for putting in 15, 20 hours worth of work a week. Right. Are you a business owner tired of paying cash for everything you do? There's a better way to get what you need without breaking the bank. It actually avoids the bank. Introducing Trade Bank of Wichita. Trade Bank helps businesses reduce expenses by exchanging your business's used goods and services for what you need without using cash. Plus, with Trade Bank, you'll have access to a network of businesses
0: eager to trade with you, bringing in new opportunities for growth and success. Sometimes barter is smarter. With Trade Bank, apply today at wichita.tradebank. Bank.com. Having done that what would you say are the three top things you wish you had known before you started that you learned along the way
1: Oh that's a great question probably should have gone through an RV tech training class because when you've got uh when you've got a rig like that that moves and shakes with the road and the ebb and flow of the geography of the road things are going to break and I am not an RV tech guy, but you you learn it on the fly pretty quickly if you're going to be on the road very long. So, should have taken an RV tech class. Probably this is not a you know a regret, but I would probably like to have explored the Class A motorhomes and actually have driven one down the road to see if it made me nervous. I think in uh, at the end of the day that might be what we migrate to next. Just to have all of our living space you know in one area. And maybe tow a small car. I'd say the the third thing would be um, researching more in depth the amount of campgrounds available in the area you're headed to. I will tell you there's over a million RVers on the road since COVID, and campground space is coming at a premium now. You can't just say, "Hey, let's go somewhere this weekend." Take an anchor down RV resort outside of Pigeon Forge in the Smoky Mountains. If you said let's leave today and hang out there for the weekend, you're probably not going to find a spot because they're probably booked for six months. So you need need to really be on top of the RV booking services to know what's available and have your route planned really well. There were a couple of times we took a shotgun approach of we'll just get off this exit and see what's available. That's touch and go these days.
0: So is there a lot of places that aren't campgrounds that you've ever stayed at? Like, what do they call that? Boondocking, is it, when you're not, Staying at a, a KOA or another RV resort, are there other options out there?
1: Oh yeah, so there's Bureau of Land Management land called BLM land. That's predominantly located; the majority of it's in the southwest portion of the country, specifically in Arizona. You can get a hundred and eighty dollar pass for six months. You have to move every couple of weeks, but you're totally off the grid. So you need to make sure you have solar set up or some type of power. Uh, generators or whatnot, because you won't have electricity. You won't have sewer. So your tanks all need to be empty. You need to make sure there's a dump station close by. The other options are things like uh, services like Harvest Host. Uh, That just came about in the last few years where uh, golf courses, you pay a membership in golf courses, for example, that are part of the membership. You pull up at a golf course and stay overnight. The expectation is go hit a bucket of range balls or go play 18. They're not gonna charge you anything. Now there's not services available there either. It's just space to park your rig. But uh, sometimes Walmarts, Cracker Barrels, Cabela's. Uh, Cabela's has camping space and they also have dump stations. So there's, a, I've always said, if you're if you're good with planning, I believe you could travel the whole country at a minimal, minimal charge for your camping space. Your biggest expense is gonna be your fuel in these days, obviously.
0: Right. Now, you're, the question I had about dump spaces, does it cost you to dump?
1: Uh, some places, no, like a Cabela's. I don't know if there's a dumping fee, but every resort has, a, has their rules and regs. So it's probably best to check with them to say, hey, if I'm staying overnight, if I'm not staying overnight, what's the charge? Typically, if you stay overnight, there's not a dumping fee. Um, but if you're just passing through, there may very well be one, but it's dependent on the campground.
0: Okay. But there are independent dumping sites where you don't have to stay and you can dump, but you may pay for that privilege.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Even uh, Love's truck stops now has dedicated a specific division just to RVers. I don't know how many of their locations now have RV spaces, but they have dump spaces as well. I don't know what their pricing would be just to use them as a dump station, but Hmm. some people are comfortable with staying you know, at a location like that overnight. I would not be just because of all the truckers that are staying overnight and the diesel right. engines and, you know, the hum all night. I like a peaceful night, uh, quiet night sleep, so.
0: Right. I did find it interesting. We, our networking group meets at an Elks Lodge and there's always RVs parked in the Elks Lodge uh, parking lot. And if you're an Elks Lodge member anywhere in the country, you can stay overnight with your RV on their property that was pretty yeah. cool i didn't know and that and if you're a
1: vet, if you're a veteran uh, if you're a veteran i'm not my middle brother uh and my father were, were vets but if you're a veteran and you're an RV'er, uh the vets have depending on where the base is if there if there's a base that has a RV campground attached the veterans able to stay there for a an nominal fee
0: oh wow so okay we talked about three things you wish you'd known before you started RVing um what about three things that you learned on the road that you loved about RV?
1: I would say, number one, the freedom. Uh, just freedom of the road, going to places we've never been before. Uh, I don't know that I've got a desire to see all 50 states, but being able to plan our own itinerary, we were both working at the time. Right. But the, advan- the advantage of working remotely, like we still do, is that we call our own shots regarding scheduling because – especially since COVID, our appointments were all still done over the phone, and a lot are done that way to this day. So the freedom of the road. Um, Secondly, um, I would say not knowing the unknown, if that makes sense, of pulling into an area we'd never experienced before. For example, when we went to Topeka to visit our son, uh, we stayed at what I call a concrete jungle. It was a very nice RV resort. But it was all concrete. There was some grass there, uh, but really, really nice. It was a gated community, so we had uh, security there. Um, and once we were there and settled in for about a three-week stretch, we really enjoyed it because, again, getting, getting, um, getting to know the people at the campground is tantamount to feeding our personalities because we're socializers. So I remember having this one couple over to visit one night for dinner and they were probably in their 20s. They pulled a little fiberglass casita, I believe, around the country, and they sold digital photographs. They would go to uh, stores like uh, oh, like a, a Goodwill store or a antique store, and they would look for photo albums that people had gotten rid of. And they would look for black and white prints from the 30s and 40s. And if they had to, to re-enhance the photos, they would do that, or they could just sell the original photo to someone that collected. There was a lady, a customer of theirs in Connecticut who was a fan of Boston Terriers. And so they knew that every time they found a, a photo, black and white, of an old Boston Terrier, she would be a candidate to buy that photo. And that's how oh, they're wow. living on the road. I mean, there's fascinating stories of how people fund their journeys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say the third thing would be uh, once we make connections with friends, uh, staying in contact with them long term, you know, we've done that on cruises. We we still uh, stay in contact, albeit via social media, with folks we cruised with 13 years ago. Wow. You know, so so that social connection long term, once you've met on the road and you, you referenced boondocking earlier, there's a term in the industry called mooch docking. Where if, if, you know, friends coming through and they want to pull up in your driveway for the night and spend the night in your home, they can do that as well. So let me tell you, there's there's so many ways to enjoy the road. Uh, it's phenomenal. Right. Yeah. We've
0: looked at we've looked at class A, class B, class C and fifth wheels. I think I, where we like the idea of a class C, we just don't like the idea of the price new. Right. So, yeah. so when all of these people that bought it during COVID and get sick of it and find that, you know, they depreciate very quickly, um, oh, sure. you know, and especially if you don't keep them out of the weather, you have roof leaks and that sort of stuff. That's that's my biggest concern. Like you said, it all moves and shakes and is driving down the road. But I, I, I think for us, it's the I like the idea with the Class C with one bed over the top of the cab And uh, my folks had one of those. And it was the best time just traveling around the country um, in Australia. So, OK, so we've covered RVing. We've covered Medicare. What are some of the things in Wichita that you would consider hidden gems? You've been out there a couple of years. Uh, start me off with one of your hidden gems.
1: One of my hidden gems would be, and this is personal preference, I started playing pickleball the 1st of June. Wichita always claim to to the fact that at least they feel like in certain circles out here that they brought brought pickleball to the forefront of sports, especially for seniors. So my hidden gems are the various city parks around town like Edgemoor, Sedgwick, Seneca Park, uh, Linwood, where you can go play outdoors or indoors. Sometimes there's a fee to play in if you're playing inside. But because of what I do, I'm not allowed to actively solicit. And people are curious by nature. So when I get in a pickleball match with someone that's 65 or over, they naturally ask me, what do you do, Greg? And I've developed clients, never once, you know, being uh, proactive. They just ask me. But I'd say the hidden gem for me, number one, would be pickleball matches available all over the all over the city. There's a there's a website called playtime scheduler.com. You go register and create your own site. You can see every pickleball match taking place within about a 10 or 15 mile radius of the city and the city of Wichita is actually building a new $6 million pickleball facility uh, out south of town off of South Meridian I think due to the open 2024 2025 I mean it's just it's grown the sport has grown 600% in the last 10 years. It's yeah, I think crazy.
0: it's the I think it's the fastest growing sport in America today is pickleball.
1: Oh, by far. Oh, yep. by far, yeah. Yep. I would say behind that would be Gina and I um were known as Gigi and Papa by the grandkids, but we love farmers markets. And
0: mm-hmm. if you go down
1: to Old Town on Saturday mornings, which is on the old cattle trail, the old Chisholm trail, you meet tons of vendors down there. They sell anything from blueberry pies to you know organic beef. And we love to hang out. Uh, where and where is world. that?
0: Is that um near the World Museum, uh, the Museum of World Treasures? Is that that farmers market, or is it
1: the one over in Delina? No, no. This one would be to give you a good reference point. Would be about Second Avenue, uh, in Douglas. You can even get there going the back way through Central and cut over. Okay. Uh, but but that would be the location for Second it. Second and um,
0: Douglas downtown, yeah, old town,
1: yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So the farmers markets uh, number three. Um, I would say just. Um downtown close closer to Riverside, another community in town. Uh, there's a monument downtown uh called he's called Keeper of the Plains. This guy. Uh, this guy, yeah, right behind you. Yep. And the keeper and plains is at the fork of the they call it the Arkansas and the little Arkansas rivers out here. You don't dare say Arkansas and Little Arkansas. <laughs> it's yeah, Arkansas. I learned Kansas. that. Yep. Yeah. So keeper of the plains, especially at night, and you have a night, good night shot behind you there. Probably one of the top exhibits in town. We had heard about it when we came to visit, but just being there and seeing it lit up at night, pretty awe-inspiring.
0: Yeah, so uh, uh, in 2016, the handheld game came out on your phone called Pokemon Go. And so I would take the kids and we would, they would each have phones and we'd be hotspotting off my phone and, and we'd be playing Pokemon Go as we're, you know, walking around old town. Sometimes Alice and I did it on date night, you know, go to Sonic, get a route 44 and go sit and collect Pokemon. And it it was fun, but also you always had a bunch of people at Keeper of the Plains and when they do the uh, fireworks at night, have you been down there for that?
1: We have not, but I'll tell you, when you mentioned fireworks, it reminded me of something. I'm a baseball fan. I played baseball in college. We have one of the top facilities, stadiums in the country for AAA baseball. But uh, a wind wind surge, surge. right? Wind wind surge, surge, yeah. yeah. And um, they draw pretty fair attendance. I love minor league baseball better than major league because there's way far more promotions. It's a cozier ballpark. You feel closer to the field and the players. And it's always a fun time. Their season's probably about over because they're starting playoffs in the major leagues. So they're probably done. Right. But that's always a fun outing. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I lo- I, I've been going to sounds games and it's, it's a lot of fun. Oh yeah. So uh, the Sounds. yeah. 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 It's, it's a good field. And I used to go to the Wingnuts. nuts. I've not been to the wind surge. Uh, I think I moved out where, before they started playing, I was there when they were rebuilding the stadium and, and revital. In fact, I think I signed one of the uh, big metal beams when the, I was an ambassador with the, um, uh, Weber or with the Wichita chamber. And we came out one day and did a ribbon cutting or something or a groundbreaking, And we all got to sign one of them, the beams. So my name's scribbled up there somewhere as graffiti on one of the metal beams that went to build that stadium. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, well, Greg, anything else that we haven't covered that you want to, you want to talk about?
1: Uh, I just appreciate the opportunity. You know, Gene and I are enjoying this part of our life. Um, We have six grandkids now. Little Stella arrived about, well, a week ago, Friday, actually. Wow. And uh, we think that's going to be it. I know they're costing me a fortune in little life insurance policies because I buy one for each of the grandkids. I hope I'm done there. Right. But no, we're just, uh, we're enjoying Wichita. I was asked by a close friend in Mount Juliet, one of the Nashville suburbs the other day, are you ever coming home? And I always answer, that depends, because it depends on where the kids end up because we're a close family. Right. And so you're... Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, if, it, if either one of our kids land back in Middle Tennessee, soon I'll be buying land tomorrow. So. Right,
0: right. So, and your kids, uh, they ended up in Wichita with a plant ch- uh, church plant, right?
1: My son is the a, is a pastor of a new church plant called Messenger Church. It's messengerwichita.org. And our son-in-law was our pastor in Virginia Beach. He pastors a church in Bozeman, Montana. That's what took them to Bozeman, was a new church plant there. Wow! So I've got a pair of book, bookend pastors, so the old man's got to stay on the straight and narrow.
0: <laughs> there you go. And that's how we met. Like I said earlier, was the Tennessee Christian Chamber uh, virtual Friday's uh, networking event. Um, Greg, great having you on the show. Uh, keep us updated. Keep us up with what's going on. I think we could do a whole episode. I, I want to learn about Pickleball. Maybe uh, we could go on my other podcast called The Edward Show. And we could just talk about your pickleball journey and how you got started with that and what you're doing. Maybe that would be fun for some of us to learn about.
1: Well, in the words of the poet Robert Frost, miles to go before I sleep. I still have much to learn about pickleball. But if anybody wants to reach me, the easiest way to get a hold of me is I have a fun website called callgregfirst.com. Okay. That's a, lot of, a, lot of my, a lot of my clients will tell their friends, call Greg first before you do anything. And my number is 615-374-5977. I'm simply Greg Dane at the Dane Agency. I appreciate your time today, Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: No worries. And I need that other website. So you might send it over to me. Call Greg first because you put the daneagency.com into the bio info. But I think we should have yeah, both I, of them.
1: Yeah, either way, we'll get you there. But uh, okay. I, I, own both, I own both domains. Yep. for okay.
0: sure. Awesome. Hey, thanks for being on the show. Just hang around for a sec you found it, the Wichita Wow podcast with your host, Ed Fox. We'll be talking to Wichitans about the things they love about their city and what they themselves are doing in their community. Be sure to like, follow and subscribe. Thanks for listening.